This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 69. Well, hello. And welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Hello. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hello. And I'm Brett Hurst. Hello. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. All right. Or so we hope and pray. Yes. Um, well, we're just going to jump right in today, and we're going to talk about can long-distance relationships thrive? Do you think they can, Brett Hurst? I think they can. I think they can too, but I think they come with a set of challenges yes, that do. can make it a little bit difficult. Without question. Yeah. So whether you're a couple who's maybe one or both of you are serving in the military, thank you very much, by the way, for your service. Yes. Thank or you, thank you. if one or both of you are on some kind of long distance job assignment where you've been, you know, uh, have to move to another city or state to work on a project, say, for a certain amount of time, or even for the the business travel, traveler couple where one or both spouses have to travel mm-hmm. regularly for business, um, you've got your challenges of just not living in the same space with each other all the time, and that can create a lack of connection if you let it. That's true. Brett, you and I have known a lot of couples who have had to do long-distance relationships, or maybe at least at a certain season of their relationship. And for my money, it seems like they fall into one of three camps. There are the ones who don't do it successfully at all. You know, they just don't have a game plan and the relationship starts to really kind of break down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to say that necessarily it, it's necessarily the long distance piece that makes it break down, but maybe they had other issues going into that season and then just not being in the same space and not staying um connected, you know, caused extra problems. But you've got also couples who maybe have a lot of frustrations and bumps along the way, but they manage to do it and manage to stay together, but definitely wouldn't want to go back there. And then you have couples who I think actually thrive because they were intentional going in and they stuck to a plan of staying connected. So they kind of laid things out in a good way before moving into it. Yeah, I remember a couple in particular, a young couple who'd been married, um, you know, just a couple of years, and we knew them from uh, going through our premarital training and um, just precious couple. And they called us and he was going to have to take a job out of state for, I think it was close to a year or maybe even a little longer than that. And they called us and said, can we get together for dinner and just kind of talk this through? Like, we want to just make sure we've got a game plan going and are there things we're not thinking about? And um, they did a great job Mm -hmm. and and actually came out of that and went into a wonderful season of their relationship where they lived overseas for a while and now they have a little girl. And so for them, it just really worked really well. And we've known other people who've made it work too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gone are the days of us having to rely on snail mail letters or standing in line line at the payphone, you know, which maybe our parents and grandparents had to do, or just just relying on phone calls in general. I had to stand in line at payphones. I remember that. Yeah. When you and I were living in different cities when we were dating, I seem to recall enormously expensive long distance bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a challenge. 
because uh, that was long before cell phones and internet and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there is, there's a sentimentality that goes along with that era of long love letters. Yeah, I'm not very sentimental about those phone bills. But so. when you and I found the love letters of your parents in an old box that they had written to each other when they were uh, dating, I think your dad was off at school. Mm. Um, those were so sweet. Mm. And there is something about that era that kind of makes me go, oh, we don't, we've lost that art, I think, uh, in this generation of really knowing how to do that well. But sentimentality aside, moving on, um, you know, if there's ever a time to utilize technology to enhance your long distance relationship, it is definitely now. Got so, some options. Yeah. So, so let's unpack a few things. First, you know, how, how do you keep the home fires burning when you are so far apart? Brett, what would you say would be just the first thing that's kind of obvious? Well, you obviously have Skype and you have FaceTime and, and uh, that can help the long distance aspect, because at least it's giving you some kind of version of being face to face. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you even eat dinner together via FaceTime. Sounds crazy, but uh, our, you know, our son lives on the West Coast and last Thanksgiving he couldn't come in town to be with us. And uh, so we put him on FaceTime and he, he gave him a little chair. And so his little iPad with his face on it, you know, <laughs> it was like he was with us for a little more than an hour, so it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, he had virtual turkey and dressing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, did. that was very special. And and I think even couples can utilize FaceTime and Skype even to enhance their physical intimacy when they're in separate places. Okay. And whatever that's going to look like for you, we won't you know completely unpack that on this episode. But I would like to recommend another podcast that I think is really, really helpful. It's a podcast called Sexy Marriage Radio. And they actually have an episode called Long Distance Relationships Tips episode number 235, um, where they unpack just their their niche on Sexy Marriage Radio is just to talk about the sexual relationship of married couples. They do it in a very educational, they, they are kind of explicit, but it's done in a very respectful way. And they just want to get married couples having better sex is basically why they're around. Hmm. So we're big fans of I the Sexy, marriage, over to their podcast <laughs> Sexy right marriage Radio uh, podcast, which is excellent. But they do unpack even more of how to kind of dig deeper into that utilization technology when you're living uh, apart. So, you know, I think texting is, I am a huge fan of texting. I love to, in fact, I just found these little cute little emoji texts where you can like set up your own little avatar and it's a cute little cartoon picture of you, which I think is adorable. My kids are highly annoyed by it right now, but I think it's a lot of fun and you can do a lot with that. But I think those are, texting is more of what you do in a quick ping, you know, you're sitting in a meeting, you just want to send something quick to say, Hey, I love you, or I'm thinking about you. Um, but I don't think we want to rely on texting to communicate deep stuff, you know, heartfelt stuff. You lose I, a lot. Yeah. Because I mean, like I see some of these texts from young millennials and I mean, they're like a book and I'm thinking how in the world, A, did you type all that? Like, uh, just, I don't know, it frustrates me, but I think too, a lot can be lost in the translation when you are texting, particularly if it's a heavy topic or if you're in some kind of conflict, like texting is probably not the way to go in most of those um, situations. You might want to, if you can't talk face to face or even talk on the phone, maybe use email to express some more thoughtful remarks, you know. Okay. Pull, pull the old fashioned love letter model out um, on email. What else? 
Yeah, well, I definitely agree about the love letter thing. I mean, that's so rarely used now that it can have pretty dramatic impact. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing, and we talk about this all the time in this podcast, is just being intentional with the long distance relationship, try, trying to keep you know a regular schedule of checking in with each other. I think mm-hmm. that's very important. I think also remembering that the more emotionally connected you are to your loved ones or you know to the person you're in the relationship with, uh, the better chance you're going to have of resisting other temptations. Right. You know, uh, and, and relationships are just better with more connection. We've talked about that for years now. So I, I, the question I think you want to put in front of you constantly, whether you're in a long-distance relationship or not, is what's going to enhance our relationship. Right. So like in the in the typical moment where it's been a long day, you're really, really tired. And all you really want to do is just send a goodnight text emoji to your spouse, you might ask the question, what's going to enhance this more? What would my spouse appreciate more? Maybe just a quick phone call, you know, maybe a quick Skype message or something like or that. One of but, those cute, I, I keep saying the word. Avatar? Avatar. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they're adorable. Yeah, your kids don't. Apparently, my millennial children think they're quite annoying. But that has not kept me from sending them, I must say. So we also talk about having a regular, if you can, have a regular connection time as part of your schedule and then really kind of stick to that. Maybe that's dinner time, particularly if you have a family where you've got kids and, and you're wanting to create as much normalcy around that as you can. Maybe you have a dinner time. I actually have a friend whose husband is a regular business traveler. He's gone a lot of the work week, but um, when he can, which is most days, he tries to call during the dinner hour and they kind of put him on FaceTime and, you know, put him on the table so that the kids can have, you know, a little more normalcy and connection with dad, even though he's not actually there. But what I would also say is to manage your expectations around that, because um, especially for the person who's job or tasks or responsibilities might vary from day to day. Mm -hmm. So like you might be on a job site or something where one day doesn't look like the other days, you know, and so you want to just kind of manage those expectations. Or maybe you're the one at home and you've got the kids with you and one of the kids is sick or, you know, there's just a million things that can come up. Um, Don't get so overly tied to your connection time that you're punishing your spouse for, you know, not being able to manage it from their end. Mm-hmm. So I think kind of, again, bringing in grace factor, which is what we try to talk to couples all the time about is really, really important. So I think to do that, you kind of have to be emotionally prepared going into it. You, know, you, you kind of have to get in the routine of, okay, I'm about to have my long distance conversation with the person I love. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of put myself in that mode of, like you said, not punishing them or not... Um, you know, definitely we're all about connection. Some of that is unloading and sharing and comforting one another and all all that's important. Mm -hmm. But it it is a challenge because the other person is not there to experience all the rough stuff that you've gone through. So having some sensitivity and some understanding going in, uh, realizing that you can unwittingly put guilt upon that person by saying, well, you weren't here when I was taking care of the kids or you weren't here when I was having to close the deals and I'm by myself and I wish I was home and, you know, mm-hmm. it works both ways. So Yeah, I, that's true. And, and I think just the general stress of being apart, 
can can be something that can aggravate us or irritate us and then we sort of take it out on one another when we may not even know why we're really upset but just the general stress of I'm not home I want to be with y'all you know or that kind of thing or That's I want true. you here um and this brings me to a point that I maybe just a really overly practical point but I think it's really important is to try to avoid if you can Avoid multitasking while you're connecting with your spouse. So if you do have like, um, you know, a, a set convert phone call that you're going to have after the kids have gone to bed, you know, you have a 9 p.m. phone call or something that you're going to have. Don't be doing the dishes at don't the same time. Don't be doing time. the dishes. Don't be folding the laundry. Like, don't be checking your email. Really show up and be fully present and engaged in that conversation because, you know, we just... We, we already are lim- you're already limited in how you can show up for each other anyway because you're not apart. Mm-hmm. So really make those moments count and because there's time to fold the laundry and do the dishes, but really show up for your spouse in a way that says, you know this this connection time is a highlight of my day. Mm-hmm. You know this really means a lot. Sometimes you can't do that, especially if it's like a dinner phone call and you're trying to feed the kids and like I get that, but it just is what it is. And yeah, you gotta make the best of it. But, but if you can, you know, really do try not to multitask. I have an anti-multitask thing anyway, which we could maybe unpack on another episode. But and well, then, you're just not as skilled and experienced at multitasking as I am. Yeah, that is a terrible myth. And no one truly multitasks. The research is in. So let it go. Okay, we're moving on to our final point. Okay. <laughs> um, and that is to have a some kind of a protocol for re-entry. Now, I realize that this is this is really particularly for couples who have regular times of reuniting because I'm thinking like of the military couple, let's say where one person is deployed for a year at a time and then they have reentry. That conversation is going to be very, very different than someone, let's say, who lives out of town on a job and gets to come home every two weeks or something like that. that those conversations are very, those are different types of reentry. But even two weeks is more than one week. Even one week is more than traveling two days a week or something like that. Your point is that all these are various degrees of reentry. Yeah. And, and even if you're away for two days, there's some reentry exactly. stuff that you have to prepare for. Yeah. And so what we try to tell couples is know ahead of time what you need help with or what you want, and then be able to ask for that. And that could be anything from you know, you're desiring a physical connection with your spouse, you need to be able to say that. Or you might need just help when your spouse gets home with the laundry, you know, or the kids or Mm -hmm. something. I remember a couple that we sort of coached who was dealing with this, and the husband was away on a job site. And when he was able to come home, which wasn't very often, he was only home for like 36 hours. I mean, it was boom fast, Mm -hmm. and then he had to leave. Mm -hmm. And they had a little baby, and the, the husband had, you know, a lot of guilt about just being away when this baby was so young and he's like, is my child bonding with me? You know, this kind of stuff. And so when he would come home, he would really want to focus on the baby. Well, the wife is with the baby every minute of every day and she really wanted to focus on just time with she and her husband. And so part of what we had to coach them through was just like, you've got to be able to say what it is you need, you know, say what it is you're wanting Mm -hmm. before the person walks in the door so that you don't have an argument about it or whatever and just be able to say what's so and what you want and what you need. I think that's super important for re-entry. I totally agree. I totally agree. So, I mean, I don't think this was like an exhaustive list of how to do it, but maybe this will encourage, 
you know, certain couples who are dealing with this right now, or maybe they're about to deal with this, to just kind of find their intentionality again and, you know, really step it up. Yeah, I think the key is being proactive and communicating as much as you can ahead of time, or maybe you're already in the middle of a long distance relationship, but setting aside some time to just talk about the aspects of it being a long distance relationship and giving mm-hmm. yourself permission to say, we, we need to frame this in a way that's going to help us be m- most successful. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's team Hurst or team whoever, and we don't want to be fighting each other. Right. We want it because we're limited on our time anyway. So we want to make the most of it. So I hope this encourages you if you are in that situation. I think it's excellent. Excellent. And so if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriage to the max.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. We also hope you will find us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts, that's H-U-R-S-T-S, at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. We also hope you will share the love by rating this podcast on iTunes, because this helps us to have greater visibility. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.